0: I love my neighbor. Do you love them? Can I feel this pain that is me they really need you. Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just as I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is He? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello,
1: everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg, And my name is Susan Collenberg, And we'd like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and... uh... Our new series, I guess it's new. It's the second program of the we series. We have a new
2: series and new music. I almost was was um, continuing listening to the music. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to start. Got kinda. caught a
1: little off guard.
2: Well, you know, the one thing that I want people to know about that music is that it's kind of um, what's—it's kind of been a metamorphosis of... Um, our life, um, and as we grow with Christ, it's kind of like we went through this period where we thought we had all the answers. Right. And then, you know, God impressed upon your mind, especially and mine, always, I think, all along was you may know all this stuff, but do you love your neighbor? Yeah. You know, do we, can we pull up everything that we have and do and know and all of our church life, can we pull it back and just ask that question?
1: That's a sobering question.
2: Do you love your neighbor? Yeah,
1: when I wrote the song, that's what hit me. I mean, you know, keeping all the rules... Do, uh Doing all this work for God, but you know what? Do I love my
2: neighbor? Right, or do Whoa. we do it out of sense of um, I have to, or a sense of so a sense of obligation, or a sense of you know it's it's uh, without the power behind it yeah, because then yeah. we we we're, it, we become this just this empty vessel of all these actions. Robot. With, what exactly with not, with without being filled. With God's Spirit to do things out of you know out of love for Him and yeah. f- love for our for our fellow neighbor.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. So any, anyway, they just uh, thanks for talking about the music. I do want to give a shout. <laughs> do want to give a shout out to Johnny and Monica Wilberger and J.K. Northrup and Steve Brown uh, for us all getting together, being able to be blessed to get together, work with these people, and uh, more to come. But for right now, that that's our opening music. It's uh, really. Uh, a change from right. the last it's a eight big or 10 change years. yeah yeah so,
2: and it's and, and it, it and it's really we believe gives a message of of kind of the, our growth that we've had I, yeah, in our th- experience and
1: i think that it it is the message of this program right you know what are we doing what are we trying to
2: accomplish what are we doing with our freedom yeah. right because god does give us freedom to choose and freedom to act and so, how are we exercising that freedom?
1: Yeah, and that would be a good segue into why is the program called the Life? Right. Why is it called the Life? It's the life of Jesus that we're studying. Who better to study than the way God treats people? Absolutely. Right. And so that that's why I, I you know was kind of impressed to to put this series together was if look at it, if I if I want to know how to love my neighbor I think I need to I need to. God is and, love, and, and Jesus is God, so this third-grade math.
2: And that's one reason why he came down to live among us, is to show us how we're supposed to treat one another. Yeah. And then the beautiful thing, the thing that really blows me off the face of the earth, is that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's yeah. what Jesus says. Yeah. And so God is that, is the infinite one, the one that we can never fully understand because he's... God. In, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he would have come and done exactly yeah jesus jesus was god and so that's how god treats human beings he he yeah it's it just it's It's, it's mind-blowing big
1: deal when it's mind-blowing it's a big deal
2: absolutely
1: uh for your reference today's program is program number two the life and it's titled the temple cleansing just for your reference if you want to um, references program and go to our website www.justasamministries.com there you will find it along with all of our other series all of our other programs all of our books and resources that are free
2: right and so we do have some free resources that we give away and there are some really incredible workbooks that they're available for anyone and anyone can use them in their own life Bible study youth groups you know, Whatever. that
1: would just remind me that the, the workbook that we uh, that we co-authored with uh, with a doctor, a psychiatrist in, in Tennessee is also it's, a, it's approved for the prison system in California, in Nevada, is it? Or,
2: yes, it goes into Nevada. And it, and it goes it, into um, a federal penitentiary in Arizona. I just sent a box, a huge box today to Australia, some to Canada. So we, and everything is shipped out for free. It's just part of the ministry yeah, that we do. Yeah, we got a we warehouse
1: house full of these books, and right. we ship them out. Uh, the book actually even made it to the White House, didn't it?
2: It did. In a meeting, um, Dr. Timothy Jennings is the one, is the psychiatrist that it was his content, and we took it, and you wrote additional content, actually delivered it. Um, he was invited f- to a meeting, I think it was on homelessness and prison reform, and and um, gave them one of the workbooks. So yeah. we just want it. It's it's a it's a resource for healing for so many people that uh, we just were trying to get it out. So if yeah. you'd like a copy, just you know give us a call. Shoot and- us a call. Yeah, Or go on our website and request it. We, You know, I've been sending out lots of packages. It's a blessing, so let us know.
1: I spent 40 bucks on postage today. No, today (laughs) I
2: spent like almost $200 on postage. It was such a huge thing, you know. Yeah, good stuff. It's great.
1: So, yeah, if you want resources for you or someone else, someone you love or whatever. Church uh,
2: groups, whatever. Whatever, yeah, Yeah,
1: we got it. Uh, Okay, before we dive into (laughs) today's uh, The Life, you want to... Start us with a word of prayer, please.
2: Yes. Lord, we thank you for life today, and we pray that um, you will help us as we reflect upon your perfect life, the things that we need to learn, that we may be a changed people, and that we would um, be reflectors of your glory. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Now, once again, we're going to go back 2,000 years, and the uh, temple was into operation, and it's there where the the priests and the, and the religious leaders taught people how to worship, and during the Passover week, large number of uh, people would gather, local people and those from very far away, and they'd all come to the temple, and they would bring their, their animals,
2: right? Right. So, and um, this is from John 2. Uh, verses twelve through twenty-two, and many people were were unable to bring their sacrificial animals with them because of how far they needed to travel. So, for convenience, animals were bought and sold in the outer court of the temple, and anybody could go in there. Um, foreign money was exchanged for sanctuary coins, and that was the the system they had there.
1: Right. So every Jew was required to pay a half a shekel once a year, and that money was used for the support of the temple, and yeah, that was from Exodus. Uh, Chapter thirty verses twelve through sixteen. Besides this, large amounts of money were brought as free will offerings also, and that was to be de- you know deposited in the temple treasury. right. So there's and stuff going on.
2: right. You know? Lots of stuff going on. and the foreign coins were changed for a coin called the temple Shekel, which was the only currency accepted for the sanctuary service. This money changing gave the temple leaders, you guessed it, yep. the opportunity for fraud and extortion.
1: You know, yeah, I mean, the, the the money changer demanded exorbitant prices for the animals that they sold, and they shared the profits with the priests and the rulers who, in turn, got fat at the expense of the people. You know, the worshipers had been taught to believe that if they didn't offer sacrifice, the blessings of God wouldn't rest on their children or on their lands, a little bit of uh, fear-based Worship, if you will.
2: Absolutely. And so the high price for animals could be charged. Right. After coming so far, the people that they were trapped, they had no other option, they would ask themselves, How can I return home without offering a sacrifice to God? That's what I'm supposed to do. I need to fulfill that requirement. Right.
1: That's, you got to check that box. Right. Now, keep in mind that the entire temple service was a metaphor, it had actors like a play. They had costumes, they had a script, and they were acting out a metaphor that simply said that sin kills, and eventually sin would kill the Lamb of God, Jesus. The play also shows how God deals with the sin problem in the human heart, and we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll we'll get to the actual mechanics of the metaphor.
2: Right. So with all the money and animals changing hands right in the outer court of the temple, you get the picture. The com- the confusion looked and sounded like a noisy cattle market rather than the sacred temple of God. The mooing of the cattle, the bleeding of the sheep, the cooing of the doves, the clinking of the coins, and all the arguing and just all that confusion.
1: Can you imagine Yeah, all the, the trying to charge money? I don't have the money, the screaming, all that stuff. And of course, back in those days if you said a bad thing about the temple it was considered blasphemy but the love of money it clouded their minds and they were hardly aware of how far they'd wandered from the original purpose of that service of course that was instituted by god himself
2: right um the the blind the lame the deaf were all in the temple court some were brought on beds so there's lots of tragedy going on. Many right. came, they were too poor to purchase the humblest offering for the Lord, or too poor to even buy food. And the, and the priest stood by and boasted about their piety. They claimed to be the guardians of the people, but in reality, they lacked compassion and sympathy.
1: Do the, I love my neighbor? Right. right? Yeah, absolutely. This, you know, I mean, there, it always boils down to that.
2: Right. How much does it cost a person to have compassion and sympathy for the the woes of another person? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. And sometimes it is a price that people don't want to
2: pay. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've been there. You right. Know? Yeah, absolutely. The
1: poor, the sick, the dying, they're all there. But they're getting no relief from the religious leaders. If you, I'm tr- We're trying to paint a picture here. Now, Jesus comes into the temple— he took in the whole scene. He saw the unfair transactions. He saw the outer court of his temple converted into a marketplace, and he knew that something had to be done.
2: Right. So, lesson number one is: is this, if we're going to act like little children, how must they be treated to get their attention? So, what does this now? What does the story? What does the play teach okay, us? So
1: let's break down the play because yeah, if people are going to act like little children. How you got to treat them? Basically, is the So you've heard me say before, um, and hopefully that we understand this metaphor. But I say I got a lot of radio stations playing up inside my head all the time. Um, It's the way it is. There's a lot of thoughts going on in and out, and so anyway, there's a little glimpse of what happens in my head, but it's just the way it is for me. But God wants peace up there. He wants me to have peace up. He wants me to have the ability to quiet the little five-year-old right to quiet the guy that's nervous or scared over here to quiet the guy that's angry over here to quiet the jealous envious guy over here cuz they all have a voice right and i can they can talk as loud they can
2: talk as loud as you let them yeah <laughs> as loud as i let them right but
1: right. i'm in charge of that committee right so remember first corinthians now now remember this is a metaphor jesus is in the temple okay first corinthians 316 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The courts of the temple at Jerusalem were all filled with that traffic that was going on. That represents the heart, the human heart, all cluttered up with all the sensual, the unholy, the sinful, the the selfish, the fearful thoughts. That's what it represents.
2: Right, and in cleansing the temple from the buyers and the sellers, Jesus announced his mission to cleanse the heart. To cleanse our hearts from the damage that sin does to it, from the selfish desires, the lust, and the evil habits that make us sicker and sicker. It's Malachi 3 1 through 3 says, The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. So, what temple is he coming to? He's coming to the human heart, to our own minds. For, to our temple, yep. for he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap, and he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and sh- he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as of gold and silver.
1: Yeah, I mean that's Malachi three one through three. So back then, it was the same message in the Old Testament that Jesus wants to come and purify our hearts, like he pur- like a like a person would purify gold or silver. He wants to get just bring the dross out. Right? right. And he's coming to his temple to do that.
2: Right. Because yeah. the problem isn't outside.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Which is good news. Right. Yeah, because if all my problems are outside, I can't do anything about right. them. The good news is I got problems inside. Right. And the great news is Jesus can do something about them, about them problems if I let him. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so s- oh, s- once again, so know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 only jesus can cleanse our temples but he will not force his way in by contrast he doesn't come to us like the like he did in the old jerusalem temple but he says behold i stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come into him so who opens the door that's Revelation three twenty. But the do. good
2: news is that Jesus still comes to the temple just like he did He's... in the old times. And you know what I gotta confess, I was always really confused about this story because it was like, you know, Jesus came and he angrily threw a fit. So it's totally different. Nope. I have a totally different understanding. Yeah. Because I don't want him to come to a fit to my mind. No, he won't. No, he comes as a gentleman and a still, soft And he knocks on the door. Can
1: can I come into your temple?
2: Exactly. So Jesus says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and they shall be my people, 2 Corinthians 6.16. The priest and the rulers had ran out of the temple court, and from the glance of Jesus that read their hearts. And why did the priest run out of the temple? Why did they stand why didn't they just stand their ground? He was just a carpenter's son, a poor Galilean. Why didn't they resist him? Why did they all leave at the command of someone whose outward appearance appeared so humble?
1: Those are great questions. Let's see if we can't answer them. By the way, now here we're going to get to the to the root of the metaphor, okay? Who ran out of or what ran out of the temple? We have beasts, we have money changers, and we have Pharisees, all actors in a play. Even the animals were acting out a part. What do you suppose they all re- represent in our play, in our metaphor? What do you suppose the beasts, the money changers, and the Pharisees represent? They represent the areas of the human heart where man is prone to fall. The three areas where sem- t- semptus tempts us. Lust of the flesh, sensualism. Lust of the eyes, materialism or greed. And pride, egotism. The beasts in the temple would represent our animal passions or our lust of the flesh, our sensualism. The money changers would represent greed, lust of the eyes, or materialism. And of course, the Pharisees, and Pharisees themselves would represent pride or egotism, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life—the three things that, if they rule us, we're in big trouble.
2: Our te- Our temple is is defiled. Our
1: temple is defiled. When yeah, you know, right. you know what it was like to run on on your own to have your carnal nature rule you for 35 years. Absolutely. Yeah. And
2: Jesus wants to cleanse our hearts from the misuse of our carnal natures in these three specific areas that has nothing to do with how smart a person is no. or how much bible text they can memorize or even in some cases how strict their diet is. We have we can have a tendency to wear the good things that we that we are doing like a badge and go on proudly on our way yet being um, given over to our carnal nature right, in a, a different way. In a
1: different way. In a hidden
2: way that uh, most people don't see. Yeah. And that's the worst case of all. And and I think that was an example of the Pharisee.
1: And and see, that's the interesting point, because he comes in and he chases out the beasts, the Pharisees, and the money changers, right? Right. right. And who's left there? I mean, it, it's incredible, um, because he speaks with authority, but see... That kind of goodness, it's a little scary to someone who's not acting right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Remember when he wrote the sins in the dust? Yes. And what'd they do? They went and they looked and they got out of there. Right. And he didn't have to. And who's there? A poor harlot cowering naked at his feet, holding on to him for dear life while the proud Pharisees A simple writing in the dust runs them off. Right. That's what sin does. It causes us to run from
2: God. And that's what purity does to a sinful heart. Right. It makes us us run away from him. It makes us
1: run away.
2: Right. So when divinity flashed through humanity, not only did they see indignation on his face, they realized the truth of his words. They knew that they were guilty of extortion in their transactions with the people but because Jesus read their thoughts, they hated Jesus instead of hating the the, the issues the within issues, them.
1: They hate. We hate. Yeah. St- right. Instead of hating our issues, we hate God.
2: Right. And, For then, it, then, them and out. then and then we
1: project it on him because now we hate ourselves. So God hates me too.
2: Absolutely. Right? right. And that's
1: not the problem. The public scolding was humiliating to them. Right. But and and of course you compile you add to that the jealousy, and his growing influence with the people, and. They, they just couldn't hang. But slowly, with still with hatred in their hearts, I would imagine that they, they returned back to the temple.
2: Right. So remember, when the Pharisees fled, the poor yep. stayed behind. And now they were looking to Jesus for healing, and the children were singing. So at the same yeah, time, we're told, oh, Jesus just ripped everything apart, and he was angry. and Yeah. But the reality is, is the people that were broken were there with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So There's n- no harm. Right. How do you do
1: that? How do you run certain people out and 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 draw children to you at the same time?
2: And and they're not afraid of you.
1: Yeah, and all the all the addicts and all the alcoholics and all the crippled people—they all roll in and they they get right. real close to Jesus.
2: So the thing is, is it's the same Jesus. It's, it's just, just the guilt and shame you have right. in
1: your own mind. Exactly. We're the problem. If right. we can just get that through our heads, God is not the problem. Right. We're the ones with the problem, and our it's it's our unwillingness to tell him where it hurts that separates us farther and farther from him. Right. And that's why he says sin causes death, the wages of sin is death, the, because we when we sin, we choose to be farther and farther away from God and God is life. He is the light of the world, he's the li- he's Jesus is the life.
2: And and we're so deceived by this world and this world telling us that we need to do it on our own and to care for ourselves that that to that to be dependent upon um God is weakness when, it, in, when in
1: reality it's, it's really the only it's real the opposite. strength that's your that only there strength is. is to understand my strength is perfect in his strength is perfect in my weakness correct right right yeah and that's That that without us understanding our need, there's no he can bang on that door all day long. We're not gonna let him in.
2: Right. And all that fear and everything can pass away if we truly understand that Jesus desires and God desires us to be healed and brought back into the fold.
1: Right. Right. Because that's that's all he wants. Yeah. That's all he's looking for. Yeah. So behold, I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice, right?
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, Have you ever seen a miracle happen? Have you have you ever seen the complete change it takes more than human power to pull this off and we can't deny that power we can't you know we can refuse to let him in but there's no other way there's no other way to explain the, the temple the cleansing of the temple at the crucifixion of jesus you can bet that those that had been healed didn't join in with the crowd and cry crucify him they knew him to be their savior and they had given it, and he'd given them the health of the body and the soul and eternal life is to know Him and know these things that we're talking about. That He's not out to get us in trouble. We're already in trouble.
2: Right. He's, he He's out to save us. He's like a doctor that wants to heal us, not a not a taskmaster that wants to punish us.
1: That's Roman rule. Right. That's and 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 they wanted Roman rule. The Pharisees wanted Roman. They wanted someone to to. Uh, Oppress the Roman, that Roman rule. They wanted so to... So that they could be ahead. They could be so, in charge. Because
2: they were being oppressed, they wanted to oppress, so they yeah. could be in ch- uh, up up above. Right. And, and that's the human way. That's the carnal nature. Yeah. But God's nature is to give and to serve.
1: To give and to serve. It's very hard to see, uh, especially as you're trying to, uh, you know, as everyone's trying to get ahead.
2: And trying to make it in this world. Yeah. It's not easy.
1: It's not easy to see the other world, To to see... Uh, the invisible,
2: and and to know that our home is not here.
1: <laughs> yeah, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for him for for man. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we can't imagine it. All we can do is take it on faith that He's out for our own good, that He's been chasing us ever since we've been born, um, and
2: and as we get to know our God to be a God that desires our healing, that yeah. I think changes.
1: Healing and restoration is the name of the game.
2: Absolutely, uh, there'll be
1: no thieves in heaven. There'll be no prison cells. There'll be no jails. There won't be a cop on every corner. There'll be no no gossips. Right. There'll be nobody up there that 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 uh, is is ruled by their carnal nature. Right. And so we learn that here. If we're if we're not going to let him in here, we're not going to let him in up there. Right. So he's gonna he we would never be happy.
2: I'm thankful he gives us a long time. Yeah, we got it, wiggle right? room, right? Yeah.
1: We got wiggle. And remember. Every stage of growth, you're perfect at every stage of growth, right? Yes,
2: every day day is an opportunity. Right,
1: so he's untangling that bird's nest right now on both of us, and we're very thankful for that. Um, So it looks like we got to wrap it up again. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, You can contact us at 916-645-1297 or www.justasiamministries.com. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing a miracle. The others like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose.
0: Thank I you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or just as Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.